Hey everyone. So on this podcast episode, I have a special guest, Bex Tasker from New Zealand here visiting me in Texas. And we've been doing a clinic together. Well, she's been doing a clinic and I've been hosting. Um, and we had a really interesting topic come up that we thought would make a great podcast episode. And so I have brought her onto this podcast episode to kind of discuss and share with us all her views on the topic and also my own. And we're kind of just going to bounce back and forth. Um, you're going to basically hear us just have a conversation about, you know, how we approach answering a question like this and our own personal experiences and opinions. So, um, Without, you know, we'll get into the subject in just a second, but I want to start off by saying that we have a deep respect for everybody's individual opinions, and this is not the end-all be-all for what it might be for you, um, but we do want to just talk about our experiences and how we feel, and maybe it'll help you in your horsemanship journey. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine Podcast. I'll be recording this episode in my car, so the audio may not be super clear, and sometimes I have my kids with me, so if you hear a little bit from them, I apologize, but hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast. I'd love to hear from you after you listen to the podcast, so feel free to comment on any of my social media platforms or email me or even send me an anchor voice message. So without further ado, Beck, say hello to everybody. Hello there. <laughs> you will be able to tell uh, my voice from Adele's because we talk kind of different. So. <laughs> you have a little bit of an accent, although you've been telling me you, I talk very funny. You have an accent. I talk normal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's how it is. Um, so the question we got was, um, let's see if I can phrase it the right way it was said, but we got asked how we find the balance between viewing horses as a piece of sports equipment, something that's more disposable and to be used for our own entertainment. And then the other end of the possible spectrum of, you know, horses are um, a spiritual animal and we're completely hands off and we should leave them completely as is um, and not really be involved in their lives at all. So finding what we think um, or how we are applying what we do and everything on that spectrum and kind of wanted to share with you guys. I don't know if you have something to add to that, like how to further clarify what I'm saying, but, um, I, I think that's making sense. And I think, it, I think it will make sense to everyone. I, I mean, I, I see it. It depends on if we're talking about, you know, in general horses and our relation, their relationships with humans in general, or, you know, I often talk at my clinics about, training specifically and and with horses and it's on a I see it as a spectrum so at one end of the spectrum we've got people who it's completely human centric it's everything you know they might be hard tying them to a post and you know hitting them or like forcing them to do things um, because it's all about the human getting the result the human wants Um, and at the other end of the spectrum are those who just kind of want to let them loose in the hills and um, admire them from a distance Um, and depending on your own personal ethics and philosophies and where you are in your journey and also depending on which horse you've got in front of you in the moment will depend on where you sort of sit across that spectrum and what I find is that people tend to move up and down it just a little bit depending on all of those kind of factors. Yeah absolutely and you know your past experiences your your goals and where you are right now in your horsemanship journey like you know 
just six months ago, I might have been slightly different on the spectrum than where yeah, I am right now. Absolutely. And if I hadn't had, um, you know, there's a particular horse of mine that I'm thinking of, if he hadn't come into my life, then I might currently be sitting in a different spot on the spectrum. And to me, it helps me to be more compassionate and uh, accepting and open-minded towards where people are at, because it is such a personal thing with so many factors influencing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, though, sometimes because of social media and not just social media, I don't want to, social media has so many benefits, but because of the way it's, it's just naturally set up to show highlights and to create images, you know, we show our, perf the best, right? We show us at ourselves at the best and we want to see pretty pictures and horses galloping and bitless and bridleless and um, tackless completely, you know, at Liberty on the beach. Um, rewilding horses and um, creating this almost romantic view of horses and um, sometimes it doesn't always come off as this really practical way of keeping horses and then we start to question whether or not we should have horses and then we go down all that but we don't need to necessarily yeah. go down quite that far but in our own horsemanship journey and in with the ethics how do we balance on a day-to-day -day basis respecting our animals, our learners in front of us and their needs and their um, emotional and physical well-being while also enjoying the relationship with the horse and not being completely hands-off. Yeah, and being a little bit practical and sort of pragmatic about yes. the realities of life. Um, I mean, I've heard stories of people who um, go right to what I would consider the extreme and literally rewild horses or um, have horses that they they keep but they don't um, they don't handle and some of those people the impression that I get is that part of the reason is because they uh, don't want to uh, apply any aversives inadvertently um, my personal opinion is that we it is our ethical responsibility to make sure our horses are, are prepared if something goes wrong mm -hmm. so you know Adele you and I were talking earlier today about the the medical necessities you know husbandry mm -hmm. and things like that and to me you are remiss um, in your responsibilities if you keep horses without adequately preparing them for those kind of situations because you have too much of a romantic view or an idealistic view of how we should be interacting with them yeah and, and also a romantic view of what it really is like to be a wild trail yes, horse exactly so you know like I mean I've I've been out on the ranges in New Zealand and seen our you know feral but essentially wild horses and it's not all sunshine and roses you know the the nature fallacy is alive and well you walk down the the shelves of any sort of grocery store and you see everything about being natural and it's not actually as black and white as that right like yeah we yeah. and and um you know there's something to be said for domestic we have been domesticating horses and, and altering you know breeding them selectively and stuff so not they're not feral mustangs we pulled off of the range I mean some people do own those horses and those horses do quite well maintaining the same natural type of lifestyle and stuff like that but um you know then when we go back to okay so we leave these horses completely untouched which if somebody decides to do that I'm not saying it's wrong or bad but I don't think we should feel bad for it, and I think we might even consider it to be a really good approach to say that we're going to train our horses up to the extent of um, that we can take care of them medically and physically and if something were to happen I think that's a so that's where I personally draw the line yeah, yeah. so I mean you know 
I'm I'm saying my personal view is that yeah. that's an absolute yes yeah that's, I agree that's a necessity yeah. that's a necessity for us even in the horses that we do want to be pretty hands off on yes. to at least provide them the ability to be treated if necessary and that means you know that means in my in my world six weekly hoof trims and it means regular gentles and it means six know. weekly yeah hoof trims mm -hmm. you do hoof trims. You mean every six weeks? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm like, yeah. did you trips? <laughs> no, no. Six times a week? That's no, crazy. Six weekly. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Um, well, whatever. But the point I is, like, 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 not not once a year. Yeah, yeah. Sedated, but yes. That's you know. You want these are all personal needs. Yeah, and but then we can also go down the line of. Um, Sure, you could sedate your horse to have its feet done, but would it not be a really ethical? I, I feel like it'd be lower stress and more positive and probably better physically for them if we did do the training and we did help them understand that having their feet trimmed is for their benefit. Not that they'll ever fully rationalize that process, but they can understand it as a positive experience. Yeah, and, and where possible, because of course there's people out there and I've, I've met them who who have to do these things because mm -hmm. they've got horses with so much trauma. So needless to say, we're not talking about those kind of scenarios. Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then we've got the other side of the spectrum where it's human centric, as you say, yeah. where it's all about us. And if the horse can't serve us in the way that we want, they can't win this or be ridden or whatever, we're quick to dispose of them and move on. Or we're quick to continue to force them to do what we're what it is that we're trying to achieve like we have a goal and they need to meet it or else kind yeah. of situation their, their opinion is irrelevant in the matter because that's what's happening yeah yeah the horse's opinion yeah yes. is irrelevant yeah. and so yeah. but do you think i'm gonna kind of just throw this out there because the question is it okay though that we enjoy our relationships with our horses and have those dreams and desires and goals and things that we want to do with them. Like, is that okay? What if our, you know, I don't know, like this is where it comes in finding that balance of. Yeah. And, and I mean, of course, of course it's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you say, but... I always go back to what does the horse say about it? Um, because my horses tell me loud and clear that they really love my company mm -hmm. and that they would not be happier if I rewilded them. That's, that's, that's the impression that I get. If I was going to try to put a little caption bubble above their heads, that's, you know, don't you wish they had little caption <laughs> that bubbles? Would, that would be great. <laughs> um, you know, they, they want my company and they enjoy the training that we do. And if, for, you know, again, it's all such, I mean, it is such a personal thing. So, I mean, I think, I don't think this, this isn't something that anyone can answer for you, but it's interesting to talk around the topic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not expecting mm. there to be like a finite, like you may do this amount sure. of things to this amount of whatever, you know, there's, it's not Give ever, us a recipe, Adele. Recipe. I know I need a, I need black and white answers right now. Stat. Come on, Bex. I flew all the way here. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess for me, in my mind, my goal is a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. So it's okay for me to enjoy my horses as long as they're not only allowed to, but encouraged in, in it's, and it's set up in such a way that my horse will enjoy the relationship back. Like it's, yeah. it's not just about me and it's not just about them. It's somewhere in the middle. And as far as it's back and forth, like we're mutually yeah, beneficial. Which to me is about, you know, um, I, I want to use the word boundaries and I'm always aware that there's, um, associated, um, baggage Negative, and yeah. stories that goes along with that word. But I mean it in the purest sense in that, 
um, you know, when I'm working with um, with youth, with um, particularly with you know young teenage girls, I talk about boundaries a lot. But these things are important in our lives, and in the same way that as a wife and a mother, as a friend, I don't um, allow my needs to go unmet to try and please everyone else and make everyone else's life and happiness and everything higher than my own because that's not to anyone's benefit and to me that's the same way that I try to approach my horsemanship is the same way that you know it sounds really trite to say that I want to treat my friend my horse like like a friend but that's the type of balanced back and forth healthy relationship that I want to have there is boundaries in place there there are but then we're also though we're not dealing with another human where we can yeah. sit there and talk about Correct. these are my needs this is you, these are your boundaries yes um and then this is where personally i feel like more weight falls on the the trainer yeah. i feel like the weight falls on the trainer to create that balance um in a sense of well okay obviously it falls on the 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 trainer to create the balance but it falls on us a little bit more I guess the best way to put it is that I wouldn't be opposed to saying that in a horse to human relationship um, I think we I think we can put more weight on ensuring that our horses are having a, a positive relationship with us uh, a little bit oh, and then yeah I mean ultimately we are the ones who are choosing this right I mean, yeah yeah that they aren't they aren't um, picking us out of a yeah out of an ad and, and choosing to come home with us um, yeah so yes yeah, so, so perhaps you know if we're gonna go with the human analogy which I did earlier you know yeah. maybe it's more realistic um, I, I mean Adele and I you know we've both got young kids it's probably more realistic to compare it to that sort of relationship perhaps maybe, yeah. you know where where there's one person who does have ultimate responsibility and mm -hmm. and you know there's definitely times when their needs do need to come above ours I guess my point is I have had clients um, who have absolutely um, lost all of their boundaries and, and sort of floundered a little bit, not and, and actually to the horse's detriment mm -hmm. because they were too afraid to do anything that the horse might find even slightly um, discomforting. Mm -hmm. um, and that hasn't actually been to the horse's benefit because it, it meant that important, you know, the comfort zones were never stretched. The horse lacked confidence because the human lacked confidence. That kind of scenario, I guess that's where my mind yeah, is going. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. I think then we get into the tricky line of, you know, in, in my mind, there's a difference between, I don't know, I put different weights on what is a husbandry behavior, what is something that is necessary for the horse's well-being, and then what's something that's like extra. Like for me, um, something like being able to trail ride out alone is an extra. My horse doesn't need that for their well-being. Yeah. Um, but we could go, could we could keep going and we could keep making it more complicated as far as saying a horse that can trail ride out by itself and is well-trained under saddle and maybe even can jump or whatever has, is more likely to be safe and, you know, quotation marks, safe in this human world where we value that so much. Yeah, well, true. I mean, you know, if you, if you got hit by a truck tomorrow, so to speak, yeah. um, what's going to happen to that horse? Mm -hmm. Will they be safe? And a horse that's got, definitely a horse that's got good, um, you know, life skills, which mm -hmm. which is, that's a good the, word for it, you know, skills. which is what I would um, group things like leading and mm -hmm. um, foot care and, and, you know, like, um, yeah, all that husbandry stuff and, 
standing still to be groomed and all you know uh, is, is, is going to be safer is going to be better off and you're right you could increase their value in financial terms because that's the, that's the language that humans speak unfortunately you know like by making sure that they're comfortable and happy which actually increases their safety yeah arguably you know but then we can add on the aspect of that horses really do live in the moment so it's yeah. we can't say that because we're increasing our horses value it for you know, long-term purposes that it's okay then to put them through stress and turmoil and pain and suffering right now, um, to add that, you know, we could say it's more ethical to make it so that they can show because then it encourages them to have, or it, it, it does a better job of securing them a quote unquote good home. Um, but is it still, you know, does that outweigh the horse's current mental mindset and their physical in emotional well-being in the moment you know so it's like a back and forth like finding that balance well of... that's right and I mean you know you could you could um throw little fish hooks into that whole conversation couldn't you in terms of um the um the life of a horse that goes into certain disciplines and you know like yeah. it gets super complicated <laughs> it is super complicated and you know we could explore every single tension but we'd you know every single turn but we'd probably be here forever um not only be here yeah. forever there's no real answer no well there is no real answer because ultimately like you know like i said in the very beginning i feel it's a really personal choice um your ethics and your values and all of that are really personal and have so many um contributing factors that influence them but ultimately what we're saying is that it's you know the horse's opinion in the moment has to be respected in the same in the same way that we want our own to be respected yeah right? absolutely i think so especially considering that we have them in a world that they don't as far as we know they don't really understand yeah and so um it's it's there's a lot of um Man, I didn't. I don't even know where I was going with that tension. But um, oh, going back to the idea of kind of, I, I think when we assume the horse knows more than they do, or views the world in a way that may probably they don't, like where they have long-term memory, and, or as far as like they can, they're thinking about the future and how they want to be in the. I don't know. When we start attributing a human mindset to our horses. I think we are we can quickly um, get ourselves stuck in the well. Why should we be doing anything to them? Why should we? Um, they all deserve to be out and wild and free. And while it's good and I don't know, I don't. I, they do need to be horses. They do need to have their species appropriate lifestyle and and care and well being. Um, they need to be taken care of. They. Uh, I think we can get stuck in an attempt of trying to be ethical towards them and in, in the attempt of trying to be the best horse people we can be using anthropomorphism in a way that is harmful to them. Yeah, and I mean, you know, all of, all of that is about striving for perfectionism, mm -hmm. um, idealism, yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, I see no issue personally with being idealistic as mm -hmm. long as we're realistic about the fact that you'll never reach those ideals. Does that make sense? Like, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like, I want to strive to give my horses a particular lifestyle, but I don't want to um, tie myself up in knots at the fact that right now that's not possible. Okay, yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree. Maybe that's not financially possible. Maybe I don't live in a part of the country where 
you know hundreds of acres of free roam grazing as, as possible mm-hmm. um, you know for, for, for me I live in a place where there is so much rich grass all year round that they have to be on dry tracks well mm-hmm. they would rather have very large areas to roam and large herds and that isn't a possibility for me because of I have to take care of their health um, and I it would be easy for that to, to become you know for, for me to tie myself up in knots and sort of um, guilt and, and whatever because I'm wanting to provide them with this perfect lifestyle because they are this magical special unicorn <laughs> you know uh, but you know yeah well and we're we're I think it kind of what that ties back to what I was saying where we could easily start down the track of thinking that they always know what's best in that situation and of course your horses would choose to go out to the grass Mm -hmm. and spend their whole lives out there and then they would likely die from it yes and so which one's the better option for that horse yes and ultimately that decision kind of falls on us or doesn't kind of it does Mm. fall on us um, but it's not a true like uh, they are, if they were, I don't know, they're still horses that live in the moment, that understand what's happening right now and are, um, that don't think in long term. <laughs> I don't know if there's yeah. a word for that where we still have to look at the broad picture for them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, you know, we have to help them, like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's very much our responsibility to ensure that they can survive in this human world. Just like with our kids, like yeah. you, you well, mentioned exactly, earlier. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think I, I, I draw a lot of parallels between parenting of young children and, and horse training, and, you know, and that should be complimentary to both sides, you know, because I love both. Um, but this is the thing. I really do feel a weight of responsibility to make sure that they can survive in this human world. And just like with children, that doesn't mean that I need to... Um, use loads of pressure because out there in the real world they might have that happen and they need to understand it yeah it, just like i don't need to harden up my child in preparation for the hard world out there in fact i feel the opposite yeah. i need to provide him with with you know nurturing and, and unconditional love so that he can um you know he can survive it if if and when it, it comes and yeah he's in, yeah he's a he's a better emotional and mental well, health that's right well adjusted yeah, well yeah whereas you know there are people I think that approach it more the other way that that's that's what's going to happen in life so i'll get you you know you should get used to it yeah um but at the same time if he's running out towards the street you're going to grab him and be like even kicking and screaming well there you go and there's a hot topic for a whole nother podcast oh, yeah. because <laughs> you know at what point well i think a, a can yeah. that okay or a better maybe example to like the grass situation like yeah, you're not yeah. going to you know allow him to i would hope <laughs> like to eat Snickers all day long. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, like, I love my horses, but I know better than them. <laughs> yes. In some cases. Yes. And, you know, I'm not apologetic about that. <laughs> no. And yeah. and so there is limit to the uh, the the choices that we offer. Um, we still respect their choices within a spectrum, like in a, mm. within a range. And we work very hard. Like, you would work really hard to make it so that your son was enjoying the healthier meals and you would That's make right. it a positive experience for him and well, like, like he doesn't want his shots right he doesn't yeah. want to go to the doctor and, and get his shots he's mm-hmm. going to get them yeah but i will do my best to make that experience as as, as aversive as possible yes it's not going to be fun you know like or even things like you know on some days it might be just coming in from outside 
you are coming in from outside. Yeah. But I will do everything I can to um, make you know, it super positive. Yeah, to make that as positive as possible. But it doesn't mean that I'm just going to allow him to stay outside until midnight. So this, it, that's what I was talking about when I was talking yes. about boundaries. No, now, that's what yeah. boundaries means to me. And that's what I think we need to hold with our horses as well. Absolutely. And then yeah. I think this can, can tie back into enjoying our relationships with our horses because as a parent, your son, and I have kids too, I have three, so I'm, I'm right along with this. I'm agreeing. I'm just using her son as an example. Um, uh, you enjoy your relationship with your son Ooh, immensely. immensely. Yeah. And so you have it in, as he gets older and, and I know many parents where their children are like their best friends. Like it's, but it doesn't mean that there are no like limits and yeah. that they are idolized and created. I don't know. It doesn't mm. mean that it's not a mutually beneficial relationship and a mutually enjoyed relationship. Um, but one person is kind of more like the guide or is yeah. the, is the protector in a sense of the relationship because anyway, in that scenario. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is why I find analogies with children so useful because mm -hmm. I don't know about other people, but for me that feels so obvious with horses. I think for, for a lot of people it doesn't, it feels so obvious to say that I want to, um, have a, a really positive uh, healthy, well-balanced relationship with with my child, and yet I am always going to be the one. While he's a child, anyway, I'm always going to be the one who who takes ultimate responsibility. You know, mm -hmm. I'm the adult in the room. Um, I find that people that makes sense to people, and that seems obvious to them, and yet you swap that out for horse, and sometimes it, it can get a bit more blurry. Well, I think it may have something to do with maybe how you were raised, as you know, your yeah. experiences with yeah. child raising and all that. I think a lot of people myself included in earlier days where our understanding of being able to establish those boundaries involved a lot of aversive treatment. Sure. So yeah, we, yeah. in, in yeah. attempt to protect our children in attempt to, and I think these, I think people can easily say, and we have been raised to often um, with our horses. We have been taught this from an early age that to keep them safe, to teach them to be happy and healthy and all that we have to, you know what I mean? Like no, that's a, re that's a really valid point because yeah. I'm talking about parenting as if my experience is universal, but I grew up in an extremely non-violent home. So, um, so, and I realized that that's not a universal experience. So that's a really valid point. But yes, I mean, again, the analogy extends, yeah. doesn't it? And I think, you know, going back to our original point of the whole bias, <laughs> we're like, it yeah, all, yeah. we always do this where we like make these tangents and then wrap it back around, I guess, eventually, hopefully we hope to wrap it back around where... I feel like, at least in my personal experience, even with this mindset of wanting my horse to have a choice and wanting to um, make it a mutually enjoyed relationship and make it so that um, I prioritize their well-being and I try and make it as positive for them as possible and all that, um, I can still, I really do enjoy my relationships with my horses and, and they're not machines to me and they're not something ex that's expendable. They're not machines to you, but equally you're not being held hostage by their needs in the moment. No, is I'm that, not. Yes. And like, that, and that helps me enjoy yeah. it too. Yeah. Because if I was yeah. being held hostage by idealism and perfectionism. Yes. Or my perception of yes. the need to um, avoid every shred of possible discomfort ever, you know, that would hamstring me to the point of paralysis. Yes. And then yeah. I, then I can't enjoy them either. No, exactly. <laughs> that I can't even touch them. Yeah. Um, and then, but at the same time I go into this whole thing and I think you do too. I feel like you do with the mindset of I'm working very, very hard to avoid it. I'm not trying to intentionally cause that 
aversive experience. I'm not trying to intentionally, like, I'm not saying it's okay because I don't know what, I don't know what yeah. we could say. I'm not trying, you know, maybe in the beginning of my journey, I, it was more and now I'm working towards less and whatever. I'm always working towards how can we make this better for both of us? Mm. Um, and so it, I, you know, I don't know. We, we've talked yeah. about this more, but, um, I think that kind of, it's, it's fluctuating. It moves. Um, and, uh, I think that's a way that you can kind of find that balance between yeah. being able to enjoy your horse, um, in a way that they also enjoy us. Yeah. It's got to work for both parties. Any relationship, any healthy relationship has to have, yeah, you know, has to work for, for both sides. Um, yeah, while also prioritizing their safety and our own. Exactly. Because it's yeah. it's some it's important that we're safe. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, we're no use to them. If we, yeah, if, if we're broken. <laughs> if we're broken or not here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like that was a good. Do you feel like you have anything to add? Yeah, to that? I I do. And it's, okay, it go. was a tricky question. Go ahead. To, it was a tricky question to answer. Okay. So, so yeah, I do think I feel like we've um, we've covered many tangents that perhaps might spark some. Some thoughts. Some thoughts. Yeah, it is definitely not like we said in the beginning. It's not black and white. It's yeah. not like there's no like hard there line. No there's yeah. no hard line. Any any individual situation is going to have so many variables. Like any of my students, any of your students, um, when we look at it, we look at it as a picture of the whole as a whole, and then we work. We're just it's a work in progress. Yeah. Always. I just I just strive for joy. Yeah. Strive for joy yourself and your horses. Yeah, I was going to say both and, of you. <laughs> and how can you how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com. On there, I have a really extensive blog. I'm a very prolific writer. And I also have a an FAQ page. And the FAQ has all kinds of things. It has questions and answers about training and about my training specifically, as well as just general about working with positive reinforcement. There's also sections on there about health and um, behavior. So all of that. I'm also on a lot of different social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. So check those out and I'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email or send me a message.